We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. A podcast where me and Nicole Byer tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could buy me a bunch of clothes and throw them all out the window and uh, say, now you're an outside clothes bitch. (laughs) Oh, boy. That one was tough. Let's see if I can come up with a different one. Okay. Keep um, it. Keep it. Okay. I'll keep it. Okay. My guest today is a P. Bhakti award-winning comedian and writer. He's the host of A Good Cry, a podcast about grief, which is returning for season two. Also, I think we were on a Herald team together in New York City, or maybe not. We were on a Herald team together for like two, For it was a very brief period of time. I think you came on right as I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> it's Michael Cruz how are you? Uh, I am living the dream every day, Nicole. How how are you? Listen, I'm good. Um, I worked out today, which I did not enjoy. Um, <laughs> I don't like working out. I think it's bad. I don't understand why we have to do it. Do we have I'm to? Like, do we have to do it? Kind of. Like, if you want to keep your mobility and Ugh. um and like other stuff. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I don't know why it's good for you. I just know like it's good for you allegedly. Enough people have said that it's good for you that you feel like they must be right. Yeah. But also maybe they're not. I don't know. I just know that I get like um what are, what are them called endorphins or whatever. I like feel <laughs> good after. Uh-huh. But during is it not um hellacious? What what kind of working out are you doing? So I have a trainer. His name is Ben. He's been my trainer for about 10 years. <laughs> Ooh, yum, yum. Hot Ben. <laughs> yeah, he just had a baby. He lives in England. He's doing great. Wait, what do you mean he lives in England? What are you talking about? 
after Trump won, he was like, y'all are crazy. I'm getting out of here um, because he's Scottish. No. Swedish? No. He's Scottish. <laughs> One of them. Um, <laughs> so then he went to London. And he trained you on Zoom? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we've been doing it like that for a while, I guess, since the pandemic. There's something about training. I, I did train like physical therapy on Zoom for a little bit at one point, And I found it like pretty humiliating. Why? Because I was like, well, it would have been humiliating in person, too. But I like had a problem with my ankle. And the dude was like, OK, um, you have to get on all fours. And I couldn't really get the camera in the right place so he could see me. So he was like, could you get on your bed? So I'm like on my bed, on all fours. It just felt like... This should be happening in a different space. I shouldn't well, be. That sounds vaguely sexual. Can you get on all fours and get on your bed and then show me what's going on? That's that is that is what it was like. I felt used. <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Go. Speaking of sex, you're married. <laughs> I, I am indeed. You nailed it. <laughs> How long have you been married? Oh shit. Um, uh -oh. Okay, it is twenty twenty three. Three and uh -huh. it's about to be March. I think, uh -huh. I think it's about to be fourteen years. I think that's Dang. correct. Could be about that's to a be long fifteen fucking years. Time. So wait, how did you guys meet? We met waiting tables at Carmine's in Times Square, New York City, and I yes. don't know if you've ever been there, but it's an amazing place. The food comes out in what can only be described as a trough. <laughs> the clientele is from hell uh -huh. <laughs> um and it's uh delicious italian food that is like 85 percent garlic there's mm -hmm. no way to leave not feeling like you're gonna throw up <laughs> i've been there before yeah i mean it's a great if you it's a great place to go if you are going with six or seven hundred people mm -hmm. but if you go by yourself or even with like four people there's no way to get there's nothing you can order that's like not an assault on your digestive system. I can't remember what I ordered. Maybe it was like lasagna or something last time I was there. But it, I remember it being too much food. And I was like, how on earth is anybody supposed to eat this one fucking serving? Yeah, and I eat a lot. I mean, I eat I eat way too much food. I always do. And that's a place where I'm like, no, this I can't this can't be done. It's not possible <laughs> to achieve what's being asked of me here. So you met your your wife slopping around heaps of food and you were like, boy, this strong woman who could carry these huge fucking plates is for me. So walk me through who hit on who, who talked to who first. Did you start out as friends? What happened? Okay, so my move always and with any woman I've ever dated has been, and this is like something I'd recommend to anyone, gradually being the only person left. <laughs> Just like what do you eroding. Mean? <laughs> I mean, like, I've never known how to approach someone I was attracted to pretty much in my entire life. So instead, it's just kind of like being around long enough that they're like, oh, you know what? You know, what about maybe this guy? And so I had a don't tell her that I said this. This is a, um, a, a debate that we have, like, who is into who first. But I was I've like, already texted pretty... her. I'm telling her already. My, <laughs> my little fast fingies are fingering. That's weird. That was too much. That was too much. Uh, she I was like kind of like way, way too much into her very early on. 
she was dating she moved up here from North Carolina. She was dating a dude um that she did not want to keep dating. God bless him. I'm sure he's doing wonderfully and well for mm-hmm. himself. But it was clear that that was like not a relationship that was working out. So I was just kind of like around all the time trying to spend as much time with her as possible and hoping that eventually she'd be like, "Oh, you know what? This guy's funny and not horrible. Maybe I should try dating him." And it worked. <laughs> and it worked. 79 years later, here we are. <laughs> Do you remember, okay. Do you remember like when you first were like, hey, listen, listen, lady, I fucking like you. I remember that we were doing a thing where like I would go and I would like go and hang out. So there's a group of four of us, two dudes, mm-hmm. two gals. And we would hang out together all the time. We were all hired at Carmine's at pretty much the same time. And we would all hang out like at my apartment, which was nearby or, you know, whoever's apartment. And gradually that became something where like sometimes it would just be two of us. So like Mm -hmm. Carrie and I eventually were hanging out at her apartment. And at one point I slept in the bed with her, but we didn't like nothing happened at all. And she remembers that evening that I kissed her between her shoulder blades in the middle of the night and then nothing else happened. I have no recollection of that, but it's possible. I've done weirder things in my sleep. Did she, was she like, hey, about last night, you kissed me between my shoulder blades, or did she bring that up years and years later? Like a long time afterward. It was like, yeah, I think like that was the moment where I was like, oh, I knew that like you really liked me. And it's like, oh, I don't, I don't think I did that. But it's also possible that my subconscious mind was like, bro, you gotta, you gotta do something gotta even if it's this move. even if it's this incredibly weird thing you gotta do something but i gotta say it's nice that you kissed her she didn't reciprocate and then you went oh okay never mind <laughs> i won't try to do anything else which is good yes if there's no response to a move that's what you gotta do you gotta go okay i retreat um yes. i'm not gonna, I'm gonna do anything I'm gonna, else i'm gonna dial this back i'm going to literally erase it from my memory in fact <laughs> okay are you a serial monogamist? Like, is this your longest relationship? Or have you had a relationship that was, like, just as long? Well, it's it's massively my longest relationship, for sure. Because uh, we've been together for so long. But I think I am sort of a serial monogamist. Like, I've been in several... Before I got married, I was in several long-term-ish relationships, right? When you're, like, in your 20s, long-term is what? Like, a year, a couple of years? I was to in a me, few of those. Long term is anything more than six months. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, I, I've been in several long term relationships. Yes. Even okay. like, I, I, because like the way that I get into relationships is very like, I don't make a move. And the way I get out of relationships is I just like wait for it to become totally intolerable to both people. Like, I pretty much don't. <laughs> break up i never have like really like broke up with someone it was more just like oh it is impossible for this to keep going so wait okay so if things are impossible to keep going and you don't break up with people then do do they break up with you how does somebody has to be breaking up yeah i guess now that you mention it that is probably true (laughs) uh what how did any of those relationships end i think think it was i think i just waited for the other person to be like this i i can't do this anymore even though maybe in those relationships i was the one who initially was like i don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. not i wouldn't say that i didn't have the guts to say it so i just like let the relationship gradually degrade it is not a, it is not a cool move 
in any way, shape, or form. No. That <laughs> no. would make me so sad to have someone just be like, like, stop answering me or whatever. It made a lot of people sad and angry and justifiably so. And if any of them are listening, which they're not, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you don't know. They could be <laughs> That's big true. old fans of mine. You don't know. That's right. Okay. They're probably huge fans of yours. They're like, oh, that fuck face that I dated for <laughs> six months and one day is on her podcast. Well, here's another question. Okay, how do go. You, okay, so if you're with someone for like a year or whatever, or maybe two years, how do you get over them? How do you just like forget about somebody that you talk to like every fucking day? I don't understand how people move on from relationships. Oh, so, okay, so every, pretty much every relationship I had before the one I'm in right now, when the relationship ended, I was the one who like, I was like the one who wanted it to end. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even though I wasn't the one who had, I didn't have the guts to call it. So I, every relationship ended, I was over it already until I found out anybody had a new boyfriend. And then I was an emotional basket case because sort of in my mind, it's like, no, 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 no. You stay in love with me forever. I move on. But you oh, no. pine for me for the rest of your life. And whenever I found out that wasn't true, which of course it never was, they always uh -huh. had the absolute audacity to move on to somebody else. I found it very hard. Like it would like send me, I'd be like in a tailspin of like, wait, I understand. Because part of my identity is being adored by this person and that has stopped. And so it would always make me incredibly sad. Oh my God. Do you think you're codependent or were codependent? I don't even really know what that means, but probably. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to fuck this up. People are going to come for me in the comments. They're going to be like, this bitch is <laughs> telling lies on her podcast. From what I understand, codependency is like you take value in yourself based on like your partner or whatever. So you're like, this person loves me. So I'm a good person. And then when that person stops loving you, you're like, Oh no, am I a good person? Ah, I don't know what's going on. Listen, I'm about 20 minutes into this hour long presentation that this lady has on codependency. <laughs> and the, this is what I've gathered <laughs> from the little bits that I've watched. What I would say is based on your description of codependency, absolutely yes. <laughs> I think more more people are codependent than they realize. I think. I would say that I have an unhealthy – what I would say is that if I'm ever in a relationship and the person that I'm with, at this point my wife, but prior, anybody else, and they are mad at me, it does make me go, oh, I'm terrible. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I'm I'm a bad, it challenges my entire sense of self. And honestly, it can be about pretty minute shit. It doesn't have to be like, you know, I think you're a racist. It can be like, so <laughs> you just don't you just like don't take out the garbage. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't take out the fucking garbage. I'm a person, I'm self, I'm a person who doesn't think like I do, I will go wow. all the way. I take I take any I, I have a, an ability to take any kind of criticism, however minute, and turn it into a, a devastating annihilation of my entire character. Is that what we're talking about? A little bit. I kind of do Am that, Am I spiraling too. right now? No, 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 no. This is what love is. Love is spiraling. <laughs> I don't know. The longer I search for love in all the wrong places, the more I'm like, I don't know if it's ever going to happen for me. <laughs> Uh, which is, that's okay. I read this Huffington Post article about this lady who was like, I'm now, uh, 
I'm excusing myself from the dating scene. I'm 45. It's not going to happen for me. That's okay. I'm just going to get real comfy cozy with myself and marry myself. And I was like, maybe that's what I got to do. Isn't that the part of the rom-com where like she meets the guy the, n- the next day? The next day. That's when it's like, she writes the article. It's like, I'm done. I'm not dating anyone. <laughs> and then the next day she falls down a staircase and the EMT who gets her is, that's the guy. I wish it happened like that. I swear off men and dating and people almost every day. And then one <laughs> fateful day in 2020, I fell right down my stairs and there were six men and not one of them wanted to date me. Six <laughs> men came to take me out of my home and nobody wanted me. Um, but is it hard? I mean, you're also pretty famous. So is it hard? Like, does that make dating real weird in a lot of ways that regular people can't identify with? Listen, I'm mildly successful, and straight men love to remind me of that. They love going, never heard of you one time. Maybe once on Conan, but that's about it. Um, (laughs) It is like a little hard. So I was on, I've talked about this a little bit. So I was on this app called Field. Field is like a kink app. It's like couples, or you just like straight up say what your kinks are or whatever. Um, And everybody I spoke to on that app was like, I know who you are. And for me, it it was just like a little... um, uh, a little jarring to just like at first be like, I know exactly who you are because then while we're talking, I'm like, Oh, you already have expectations and I'm not comfortable. And then on Tinder, sometimes people know who I am. I don't do Bumble. Bumble's not good for me. Raya. Nobody knows who I am on Raya, <laughs> which is like kind of ironic, but uh, yeah, <laughs> nobody ever knows who I am on Raya. Raya's awful. And what else am I on? I think that's it. Oh, and Hinge. Hinge is fine. <laughs> wow, good. That was like a 30-second critique of all the apps. You got every you got every app in. I do. I, uh, I'm on all of them. They're all terrible. Do you have single friends? I, the only single friends I have are poor dirtbags. I'm like, I wouldn't set anyone up with any of the guys that I know that are saying, I hope none of my guy friends are listening right now. Because if you are and you're a single friend of mine, I I think you're a dirtbag. Oh, no. Are they all improvisers? They all, pretty much. All the guys who are single are pretty much dudes that I know from like the improv world. The guys that I know from like other jobs that I had, those people are all married and have a billion children. You have two kids, right? I got kids. Oh yeah, baby. How we old got, are we they? Got kids. My son is thirteen, and oh my, my daughter God. is ten. Wait, and you've been with your wife for fourteen years? No, no, we got married fourteen years ago. Oh wait, how long have you been together total? Oh my gosh, I think, honest to God, I think like twenty years, twenty-one years, which is crazy. Can I tell you what's really crazy about that? I'm twenty-six. That's so, wild. You got together when you were six years old? Yeah. Wow. It is like, and a lot of people frown on that, like the woke, you know, the woke left, left or whatever. The woke on child labor, slinging trays of lasagna at six years old, <laughs> getting married at six. Why? Or getting together at six. That's nuts. That's wild. But it worked out for us. Truly, truly wild. What a dream. Um, that is such a long time. Okay. Have you ever looked at your wife and been like, that's been too long? I'm kidding. <laughs> I think that that's a running joke in our home. I would say anytime that there's like even a, a slight bit of friction, that's a joke that often makes its way to the surface from either one of us. That's a, that's a, a commonly used refrain. 
Be like, we've had a good run. Something like that. <laughs> I think that's a funny joke to use. Um, so wait, okay. So you spent the pandemic together, obskies, but like yeah. during the pandemic at any point were you like, Oh my God, we're spending too much time together. This is bad. I must escape. Um, weirdly, no. Oh. <laughs> if I may say, sorry, oh, God, this is going to be tough for people to hear, but our relationship is perfect and we've never had a fight. Um, <laughs> the So my wife is a, as, during the pandemic, was a pediatric intensive care nurse. Oh my God. So she was like going into the, her but her whole thing, the whole hospital at the height of COVID became a COVID hospital. It was mm-hmm. like, it didn't matter what your specialty was. It's like, now you're a COVID nurse. So in the absolute worst part of that, she was going into the hospital and like, you know, people were dying in front of her and shit. Like it was truly horrendous. So mm-hmm. she would come home and I would be like, well, this is America's hero. You know what I mean? There was no, there was never at that time as much as I admire her mm-hmm. for every single thing at that time, I was like, Oh, there's like no denying like which of the two of us has more social value. And I <laughs> was even more enamored of her than I am normally. Now it's receded back to like normal levels. But at that time, you're like pandemic time. It was like, I've never loved you more. At that time she was a fucking American hero. That's right. It's like Wonder Woman comes home every day. You know what I mean? Did you bang pots and pans at her when she walked through the door? <laughs> yeah, we would. Yes, we would throw a bunch of silverware at her every time she walked in. <laughs> well, do you remember when people were fucking doing that? I was like, I don't think they want to hear clamoring of pots and pans and shit <laughs> after working very... and watching people die. You have to listen to this noise. <laughs> It does have like banging your pots together at 7 p.m. does have a like, don't forget, you got to make dinner when you get home. So you like a kind of <laughs> vibe to it. I think it was nice at the beginning. I think it was nice. At a certain point, it's like, OK, well, we get it. You did the pots thing and that was cool. I don't know. I don't think it was ever very cool. Sorry, Michael Caine. <laughs> I disagree. Brave. A brave take. Thank you. I'm very, very brave. OK, here's a question. Go. You grew up in Connecticut. Yes. Okay. You're Filipino and yeah. Jewish. Yep. Connecticut to me is pretty white. It is indeed. Did you grow up in a, like a white area of Connecticut? I grew up in a white area of Connecticut, which is a lot of areas of Connecticut. I think your assessment is pretty true. I mean, every uh-huh. every state's going to have places that like where there are more diverse. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You got your you got your New Haven, you got your Bridgeport, you got your Hartford, but a lot of like the even like the working class people in the towns all over. Connecticut, excuse me, I have to burp. Do you guys do burps on this podcast? We do burp breaks. <laughs> Would you like a burp break? Yeah. Uh, can you guys edit this out? Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually burped inside my mouth and now it's gone. What are we talking about? Okay. So white people. Yes. I came from a pretty white area, but also like, and because of that, I think, I sort of thought of myself and my whole family as white. Interesting. Like I, it wasn't until I met my wife and we had been dating for a while that I was like, okay, you're gonna meet my mom. When you meet her, like she's Filipina. You wouldn't know it if you saw her, but she is from the Philippines. She met her within one second, was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like she's obviously This is a Filipina. Filipino woman. And it really wasn't until that second where I was like, oh shit, I've she's been like this the whole time. And just because like I've been in a white world. I just assumed that she was white. Like, she was white. My dad was Jewish, but, like, basically white. Everything seemed... I just sort of, like, 
I was looking through white colored glasses. Is that a thing? Mm. Is that an album title maybe? That is an album title. I put down the rose colored glasses and now I've got the white colored glasses. I mean, I might have mentioned on this podcast before, but I remember when I found out I was black because <laughs> yeah? I grew what up was around that like? all white people. My sister came home and she like announced, she was like, mom, we're black. <laughs> and I remember being like, wait, we're black? So if she's black and she's saying my mom's black. That must be my dad's black and I'm black. Um, <laughs> she She's a year and a half older than me. So she like went off to kindergarten and this kid Adam on the bus was like, you're black. And she was like, great. Thank you. This is good to know. I should, I'm going to report to the rest of the family. <laughs> and that's, that's when I found out I was different than everybody else. Where did you grow up again? Um, New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wincroft, New Jersey. In Ooh, Mammoth yeah. Mammoth County, baby. And now my kids go to school in Brooklyn and like, you know, at a public school in Brooklyn and their classmates, like my daughter's in a dual language program. So half the kids are roughly in her class are like native, Sp like Spanish is spoken in their home. That's like their primary language. Mm -hmm. And it's just very, they're very aware of race. It's like a, it's like something that is part of their, um, like daily conversations, they talk about it. Their teachers, you know, teach lessons that are geared toward discussions of race, and in a way that I think is awesome. But it just wasn't how I grew up at all. Like in my school, there was in my ninth grade class, there was one black guy and one black girl, and that was it. You know, what I mean, it was pretty, mm -hmm. and honestly, it was pretty diverse. <laughs> that like for for where I grew up, that was like wow, we did it. We did it. We got we got some black people. I mean, it's interesting how race isn't really talked about or spoken. Like we watched Roots in high school as like, which I think is like, you know, better than some schools, you know, but yeah. it's also a fictionalized version of slavery. And it's also like a little sugarcoated because, you know, you can't really you go into to. the depths of the horrors of it. But I remember after like every viewing like all of my classmates would be staring at me and the other black girl in class. And I'd be like, Hey, like, I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to tell you. I can't give you the answers. I can't be like, it's okay. Uh, you, you can't just, you can't do that. It's okay. I love the idea. Insane as it is that they're just waiting for you to go. It's okay. Before we can go to, before we can move on to math, we need to check with Nicole to see if this is okay. <laughs> is it okay that the ancestors did this to your ancestors? Maybe and it was like, Hey, listen, I don't, you gotta, you gotta just <laughs> deal with this on your own. And then it's wild because like, you don't get, I just learned something um, on Twitter the other day. There was a town in Florida. I think it's Rosewood, Florida. That was like a black owned town that, a man was accused of raping a white woman and then a bunch of white people burned the town. There's like, so oh. there's a lot of towns like that um, where they were black people and then they like burned them down and then there's sundown towns. You know what a sundown town is? I do. Unfortunately. In that while I just told somebody else what a sundown town was and they were like, no. And I was like, come on. They made a movie about Rosewood. Didn't they? Now that you mentioned, didn't, oh, did wasn't they? Ving Rhames. I think there's a, a Ving Rhames movie called Rosewood. And now I'm, if I'm wrong, I'll pay you a thousand dollars to take it out of this episode. A thousand dollars. I'm pretty sure Ving Rhames is in a movie about Rosewood. Mars, will you look that up for us? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And if not, take it out. 
Um, okay, here's a question. Can I ask you no- oh, wait, I had another what? question for you, but am I allowed to keep asking yes. you questions? What, what are the you rules? You can ask me whatever you want. Okay, this is maybe, okay, my question is, does race play a factor in dating for you? Is that something that like, like how much is that part of your love life? This is really funny because that's what I was trying to ask you and I never got to it. (laughs) Uh, But you are correct. Vin Rames is in a movie called Rosewood. But um, race, I don't think really plays into my dating. I don't have like a preference or anything. I think that's, it's like strange to be like, this is what I prefer. I just like cool, chill people who are nice to me. That's a good standard. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's... It's evolved from like, they got to be hot. <laughs> they have to be, da, 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 da. I'm like, just nice. You know, they got to like me. They got to have a little bit of their own money. You know, they got, you know, they got to have <laughs> just nice. Um, but I think growing up it played, like I didn't have like a boyfriend or anything growing up. And I, I do think, you know, being the only black kid, like you're not the most desirable or whatever. Not to say that black isn't desirable. I think it's when you're an other you get othered. You get put in a bubble where it's like, oh, that's Nicole. Like, you don't get looked at a, as like a girlfriend material or whatever. But also, that's true for me. I was also fat and zitty. You know, I wasn't the cutest thing in the world. Now, I think in LA, I don't know. I think fat has more of a hindrance than blackness, if you will. Like, I think fat phobia is a thing where people are just like, oh, Maybe I could fuck a fat lady, but like date her. <laughs> don't mind if I don't. That sucks. Yeah, but it is what it is. Um, that's life. The world is fat phobic. Did you know that there is a weight limit on Plan B? No. 165 pounds. If you are over 165 pounds, you have to get a brand called Ella, which is not over the counter, and you have to get a prescription for it, which I'm like, wait, why? (laughs) It's like punishment for being fat. You have to have this baby. (laughs) Or you have to go and beg a stranger to let you not have it. You have to go to someone and go, please prescribe Ella. Ella? Please. I need Ella. Ella. Eh. Eh. Please. Okay, real quick, we gotta take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast, but then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I gotta say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So... Even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're back. Um, okay, here's another question. Do you watch the show You on Netflix? Never seen it once in my life. <sighs> Michael, The listen. end. <laughs> it's a great show. My wife watch, watches it. It's still going on, right? Yeah, season four just dropped. Um, here's isn't the Zach, thing. Isn't Zach Cherry in that show? He's in the first season. Okay, okay, okay. Here's what I'll say to you. Watch the first season. Okay. Then watch the second. Okay. And you're I feel be like, like I know where this is going. You're gonna be like meh about the second, but okay. then the third season is a masterpiece. Oh wow! And now the fourth season, I'm a little like meh. Okay. Whatever, Michael, you gotta watch it. It's a perfect okay. show. It's about love and relationships. Wait, um, hang on. Are murderer. you doing a are you doing a promo for you? Like, are you are you in this show? I am not in the show, although I have auditioned for the show and I had a nervous breakdown making myself tape because I wanted it so bad. But guess who did not get it? Me. I did not get it. Some other lady got it. Was it someone who was anything at all like you? I feel like anytime I audition for something and get close and I don't get it, I watch the show and it's Michael Rappaport or something. And I'm like, why <laughs> did you ask me to come in for this? Well, the lady who got it was she looked like a woman. Um, and I, I say that, that because I don't. I don't look like a woman. What do you look like? Um, a cherub, an adult cherub. Like I'm not like a a woman. Like no one's ever looking at me, being like, "Wow, look at that woman." I I don't. The way you were saying that is funny to me, but I do not understand what it means. Listen, I'm wearing a leopard print hat and a smiley face shirt. Like I'm not a woman. I'm okay, like I think. I'm a lady, or like you know, like I'm not like a woman. <laughs> I don't know how to say anything. I wish there were video for this. I wish people were watching this as a TV show because the moves are integral to the way you're describing this. Well, like you know how you like see a woman like walking down the street and you're like, oh my god. Like okay, June Diane Raphael, she is like a woman. Like she is like poised. And like her hair is done and like she wears a lot of white. Like that's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> you mean someone who looks like finished? Someone who looks like. Yeah. I looked half baked. Okay. I'm like a gooey cookie. <laughs> like I'm not finished. <laughs> okay. That's not, that's not, I feel like now the viewers are going to retroactively attribute my 
finished thing as a burn on you. And that's not what I was trying to say. I'm just trying to get a, an idea of what you were saying. Oh, quote, woman was. Because you have you say woman in a way that makes it different, I feel like, from how I say it, which is just woman. Woman. You know? <laughs> exactly. A finished cookie. That's uh, that's like a perfect. Yeah. Like I'm not a sellable cookie. Like I'm one of those like cookies that you get and you're like, this looks all fucked up. Then you bite it and you're like, eh, it's good though. <laughs> yeah. You're like the factory seconds. You're like, we also, yes. you can get one of these cookies for $10 or a whole bucket of these. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm only trying to clarify bitch. your analogy. I am not agreeing with you. Just FYI. What? You can agree with me. Who fucking cares? Whatever. <laughs> Um, what are okay. we talking about? The TV show You? Was this a question? Oh, the question was, did I have I watched You? I haven't. Yeah. I can't. I don't have anything to say to you about it. I, Listen, I wish I could contribute. The thought is gone. I don't, it's 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 left Wait, me. did you see that that guy says he doesn't want to do sex scenes anymore? The guy says he doesn't yeah, want to do sex scenes. I saw that and, you know, I have thoughts, but we don't have time to get into it. Okay, we don't have time for I have it. a question. Okay, go. Okay, so did, when it, did you, okay, when was your first relationship? My first relationship? Yeah, probably like like the I think probably ninth grade. Ninth grade was like the first person that I felt like I like had a girlfriend. Okay, and then I like high school relationships are so weird to me. So like okay, so like during class, did you like hold hands or did you like high five (laughs) in the hallway and then like walk home together? What is a high school relationship? Um, yeah, I think it was mostly like making out. That's pretty much it. Like, I mean, I was, I was, I like loved her. You know what I mean? Like I thought we were going to get married. So it's like that kind of thing. I don't know if everybody's first relationship was like that, but mm-hmm. I I was like, oh, well, the first person, uh, the, like I kissed her and I was like, okay, well this, I'm in love with this. This is what I, I want to have this forever. And then I think practically it meant nothing except for sometimes making out and then writing each other like long letters and talking on the phone until a trillion o'clock. Oh my God. Writing letters. I fucking love that. Yeah. I guess I might've just tipped my hand as to my age, but we would send each other um, stone tablets. The camels in our town would carry them back and forth (laughs) to the pyramids we lived in. (laughs) I mean, I think that's like adorable. Okay. So wait, how old were you when you met your wife? Oh boy. Uh, okay. I don't know. I was in my 20s. I was in my 20s, early 20s. Early 20s? So, like, you didn't have, like, a sloppy dating 20s. Like, you you got to New York. Let me say this. I, I went to college at NYU, and I studied oh. musical theater. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. I'm already married. And let me say that when you are a heterosexual man uh-huh. in a musical theater department. Uh-huh. The standards for like what attractive is for like, I I was the dude. I oh. dated I I dated above my above my um station or whatever. Uh-huh. You know what I mean. So a lot of finished cookies. <laughs> a lot of finished cookies. While I was still, if if I was one chocolate chip, like that's being too <laughs> nice to me. You know what I mean. <laughs> so I was um. So I had a lot. While I was a sort of a serial monogamist, I had a lot, like, the serial is underlined. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, like, date someone for six months, date someone else for a year, date someone. And the break between those relationships was minuscule. 
Oh. So, okay. Is NYU like Juilliard where you have your class? No. Oh, okay. Because I was going to be like, that gets messy if you all are just traveling through school together in one class. I think it was it is it was a little bit messy. I meant NYU is not like Juilliard, and they're like Juilliard's Juilliard. NYU is like NYU. You know what I mean? But oh yeah, in Juilliard it's like I think right. What you're alluding to is like Juilliard's like self-contained. You're like with this group of X people for every single class all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So we would take classes in our major where you'd like have a lot of interaction with the same people, but then also like I had to take you know constitutional history or whatever, and I had to take. Oh. A bunch of other classes because it's a more of a liberal arts situation. I see. Did you do any plays or musicals while in school? Oh, oh hell yeah, I did. I did. What musicals did you do? We're talking about Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus Christ <laughs> Superstar. You should have been in it. What Those else? are better than the real lyrics. Um, <laughs> Brigadoon. Are you familiar with Brigadoon? I don't know Brigadoon. Oh, Brigadoon is insane. It's about a town that only appears once every hundred years in the <laughs> highlands of Scotland. Okay. Okay. Like once in the Heelands, the Heelands of Scotland, two weirdy travelers <laughs> lost their way. Okay. Anyway, Brigadoon, West Side Story, a classic. I want to be in America. I, I. <laughs> um, yep. Good, good, good. Another improvement on a classic. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then. There's something else I'm leaving out. Carousel. Do you know Carousel? I don't know Carousel. Okay, well, Carousel is also... This, now this podcast is just me telling you the plots of musicals. I love it. Carousel is a really good one. And they're one of one of my favorite songs... From, forget it. Why am I talking about this anymore? Carousel. You should go look it up. There's a great song called... Um, oh, my God. Now I can't name the song. This, it's a beautiful... It's a beautiful musical. Rodgers and Hammerstein. Mm. Incredible songs top to bottom. Okay. Is it about being on a carousel that's going too fast, like Speed? Like that movie Speed? <laughs> yeah, if the carousel stops moving, the, the carousel will explode. All the children die. <laughs> no, it's about a guy and a woman who fall in love, and the guy's a bad dude. He's like a oh. crook. He's abusive. Oh. oh. And then eventually, spoiler, he dies. And his ghost like has to come, like watches over his wife. Like He loves his wife and daughter very much, but he's a piece of shit. Oh, um, no. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And there's a song that the woman who is being abused sings about like loving him in spite of it. And it is friggin' heart rending. And you're kind of like, damn, they were writing shit like this in like, you know, the 1940s or whenever it was written. And then you're like, oh, you know what? Dudes have been doing this fucked up shit for a real long time. So I guess it (laughs) makes sense. Um, Yeah, men are fucked up. But also, there's some good ones out there. There's some good ones. Um, So... When you, when I knew you at UCB, was comedy your like full time job, or did you have like a day job? My so my day, so I wanted to do musicals. I couldn't cut it; didn't work out for me. Okay. I shortly thereafter started teaching rich kids how to take standardized tests. Not always what? rich kids. Like uh, like my money was coming from rich kids, and I would also do like pro bono tutoring as well. But I spent a long time teaching rich kids how to take standardized tests. Like, that was my primary job. Like, I bought my apartment off that money. Wait, how do you teach someone how to take a standardized test? (laughs) Oh, Nicole. Well, first of all, you got to establish rapport with the students. And that, for me, was... That was like, that's that's where I reign supreme. That's my territory. That was Uh where I was really key. But then you just got to teach them better than their teachers do. Because a lot of kids... 
I don't know what your academic experience was like, but a lot of kids, like let's uh-huh. say it's third grade and your teacher's trying to tell you something about multiplication and you don't get it. But you're going to class at 25 kids. So mm-hmm. you, the teacher can't come to you and be like, okay, well, everybody else gets this shit, but Nicole, you don't get it. So we'll stop and we're going to talk to you and fix it. They can't do that. So then you never learn that thing. And mm-hmm. then you don't know it through fourth grade. So there's other shit in fourth grade you don't learn. You don't learn other shit in fifth grade. By the time you graduated or toward the end of your high school years, you're fucked in math completely because of that one week you missed in third grade. So oh. I go back and I go, I can tell that you don't know this shit. So let's start with what is multiplication? And then I teach you that. And then I go, okay, now what are exponents? And then we go like step by step and build up all the math. Oh, so it was like that kind of stuff where I was like a secondary schooling program for students. I worked for a company that was a great company and we were, they continue to do it real, real good at it. I mean, you can take a kid who's really been dog shit educated and get them doing really well in these tests. And the way you do it is you actually teach them. I think people, when they think about this stuff, they're like, oh, it's a bunch of tricks. And like, you know, it's not really that. It's like, this is what math is. And now you have to know it. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was like tricks and shit. Okay, so the richest person's house that you've ever gotten to go to, what did it look like? Oh, boy. I mean, I will say that uh, I've been, I I can't, I've signed NDAs out the ass on so much of this stuff. But what I can tell you is, (laughs) what I can tell you is that an example would be early on in my tutoring time, my wife, who was then my girlfriend, the two of us got flown out on a yacht to stay with a family um, in the Caribbean for two weeks. And we tutored, I tutored the kids on the yacht and then in this house that they had rented um, in the Caribbean. And they also like threw parties. And at the first party, they were like, hey, we don't want people to know that our kids are being tutored. So we don't want you to have to stay in the back, like come out and you can mingle with everybody. Just tell them that you are a friend of our oldest daughter, who's like roughly my age. And I was like, uh-huh. great, no problem, I'll do that. They throw the party, immediately when it starts, 10 of the families are kids that I tutor. So like the jig is like up right mm-hmm. away. But like the point of the story, I guess, is like that all these people sort of roll in this similar circle where all their kids are getting tutored. Like if you are above a certain income level, guarantee your kid has a tutor. Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Because you're like, I, if well, I, had... I have the money, my kid should be smart. Exactly. If you, if you have the income, why not have somebody who knows how to teach them, teach them. Ugh, I'm so mad that you sign NDAs. I, I don't even know how ironclad they are, but I'm not, I'm not about to find out because the people who would be mad about it have so much money. Yeah, and they'll fucking I, crush you. <laughs> yes, and I will also say many of them very lovely people. Really, truly, truly lovely. Just so rich. And my, can I say one thing about this? This uh-huh. is what this podcast is about, right? Like socialism. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's that... I don't think that inherently most people who are rich are bad. It's that having that much money makes you bad. You become, if you have too much money, you inherently are a problem. That is what, (laughs) that is, that is what I think. Like right now I go to the supermarket and I get to the checkout thing and I see some Mentos. I'm like, you know what? I want to buy that. And I have the money to buy that. So I'll buy it. And then Mm -hmm. if I had a gajillion dollars, I just buy the supermarket because why not? I want well, I don't have to waste my time figuring out what I want. I just buy the whole market. And that's what it is. If you have like Elon Musk money, you have the amount of money you have is now a problem because your impulse buy is the hospital as opposed to a thing of Mentos. I guess you're right. I once impulse bought Mentos from the airport 
and it was in a giant tube. So I thought I was going to get giant Mentos. Turns out it's just a bunch of tiny Mentos. Oh, that is indivi- such like, a I was bummer. really upset about it. You were hoping for like a burger-sized Mento? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I wanted to bite into it, and I wanted to take weeks to finish it. But that's not what it was. I was very upset. I love the idea of you on a plane eating a Mento like a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then people be like, "That's not a woman." Okay, have okay. I know you signed an NDA, but like, had any of like the the moms like hit on you? Y- yes, and also sometimes the students, which is because <gasps> I started when I was pretty young. Uh huh. And that that it's uncomfortable. It's bad. What do you have to, like? What do you say to a student? You're like, "Hey, you can't do this. I'm too old." Well, like, very, so I used to go to their their homes, and sometimes I'd be in their bedrooms and stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. well, the doors are going to be way wide open, and I'm going to be visible from the door 100% of the time. It, mm. I'm making it sound like this happened all the time. It barely ever happened. But I had, like, a, you have, like, a I have a headache or something, and mm-hmm. I'll mention that in passing. And sometimes, like, like some of my students were grad students, would, like, come back and give me, like, a like start massaging my shoulders. Oh, I'm like, no. oh no, 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 I'm fine. Thank that's really nice of you, but I'm actually I'm I'm that actually is making it worse because now I'm having a <laughs> panic attack. So just be be away from me. Fair. Okay, real quick, we have to take another break. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that Everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Warning, things are about to get intense. Like when you stare into the eyes of someone that you really like for a full minute straight without blinking. Intense, intense heat, lasting plump from the hot new lifter plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulated with chili pepper, lifter plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts available in eight sizzling shades honestly my favorite is hot honey and cocoa zing i put it on my lips and honestly it did sizzle them it sizzled them right to the moon they were plump and juicy and everyone was like nicole can i and i'm like get in line can you take the heat find your shade at maybelline.com or a retailer near you Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. Bing, bop, 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 beep, boop, 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 boop. We're back. Okay. So what what made you want children? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I always wanted children as long as I can remember. I don't even know what made me, but if I had to assign something to it, assign it to something, it would be that I like, I really idolized my parents like Aww. big time. So I kind of just like wanted to do what they did. And I thought we turned out pretty great. And I thought, um, yeah, I just, I wanted to have a family that was just like my family. That's very, very sweet. Okay, here's another thing. Do you ever get like really frustrated with your kids? Okay, so I watched this video of this little boy. He was holding, I think this is the same boy. I watched two videos. He's holding like a glass of water with one hand and his mom's like, two hands, two hands, buddy. And then she puts the hand on there and then he spills it and she's like, oh no, are you getting nervous? And then he just dumps the whole water out and I was like, couldn't be me. And then this other, this, I think it's the same kid. He's holding dog food and he's like spilling it and she's like two hands and then he makes it over to like the dog food dish and then spills it right in front of it and it goes everywhere and i was like now that that mother that person has to clean up after this child like how do you deal with your kids being dumb as hell and you have to like love them anyway <laughs> well i would say that sometimes you do get really just get mad but you got to try and understand that this is like truly a child is an idiot. I mean, smart in a lot of ways, able to absorb so much stuff, but they're starting from literally zero. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, starting from absolutely nothing. So they're going to get a lot of stuff wrong. But I would say that most of the time you just try and approach them with love, which I think most people have like it's programmed in. Not everybody has that. I don't, you know, don't come for me in the comments. Some people have whatever they have, you know, and they do the bad things. But most people, I think, automatically love their kids and have a built in like love and forgiveness, which is not to say that there have not been times where I have absolutely lost my shit on my kids, which I have done. And I try after I do it to be like, hey, buddy. I fucked up right there and I I definitely I definitely got more mad at you than I should have and I'm sorry that I did that. That's nice. I, I don't know if it's nice to do. that's what I'm doing. To be like, hey, I overreacted. It's fine. I don't think I have that in me because I'm not apologizing <laughs> to a child who lives <laughs> off of me. I will say that like usually when it happens, like if I get mad at my kids or like at my wife for like too much. It's because something else happened to me. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. something happened. Something happened today at work. I wrote a sketch or whatever, and someone's like, and I thought it was really great. And someone goes, uh, "That's not funny." And now I'm gonna be mad the rest of the day. <laughs> and then I'm like, I just know at 2 p.m. that day, I know at 8 p.m. I'm gonna yell at my kids. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm just like, I know what this this is going to become. That it is funny. That like our jobs are like someone goes, that's not funny. And you're like, my day's ruined. <laughs> yeah, I don't exist anymore. This sucks. I hate my life. <laughs> it is tough, especially because what my wife does is so like concretely and obviously important that mm -hmm. like for her, a hard day is like, oh, yeah, you know, a school bus got hit by a tractor trailer and we had to like deal with all these kids right away. And for me, a hard day is like I wrote this song about a Chinese dinosaur and I don't think that the rhyme scheme is good. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I got it. I'm going to spend the whole time with my therapist talking about this. Yeah, I talk to my therapist about a lot of dumb shit where I'm like, I don't know why this joke didn't work. It worked when I did it before. And then like, now it's not working. And she's like, I don't know, try it again. Like, 
<laughs> you're paying me a lot of money to complain about this. Right. And then her other patients are like, you know, Navy SEALs and stuff who are like, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I watched, I watched my friend die right in front of me. And you and I are like, you know, uh, <laughs> this dick joke I, isn't working. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> but it's good that we go to therapy. You go of to course. therapy? You like therapy? Um, I'll tell you what, truthfully, I've been in and out and the, like, I'm not in therapy right now. And it's only because really, this is a, not a good thing to say, I think, but I don't have time. I don't think like, there's not a time for me to do it. I'm working like all day and then, and then I have a family. So I can't, I mean, I don't, I just don't have the time for it. Yes, you when do. I have, you know what, you you're probably right. for yourself. <laughs> you pick one day a week and you say to your job this hour I quit. <laughs> I quit and then you have to rehire me after that hour yeah I mean yeah, okay. but whatever I'm not gonna therapy shame you that's insane if you don't have time you don't, have, you don't fucking have time there was a time in my life where I didn't have any time and I had to keep rescheduling then I was like let's go on a break for now and then we'll get back into it later that's what was happening to me what was happening to me was every week I was like, okay, so I know I said I could do this Friday at this time, but I actually can't do it. Can we do Saturday? And then I get booked on a show on Saturday, and mm -hmm. then it's like, okay. And then we'd have a shoot the next day, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my therapist right now is really great about like, because we our sessions are on Mondays, and so it's the beginning of the week. So if I'm like, ah, fuck, I forgot I was working. And she's like, all right, there's four other days to pick from. <laughs> um, and usually we, it, it's good, and I get it in. <sighs> it's helpful. It's I, I like it. Yeah. I love people who are cool with postponements and cancellations are God's gift to this earth. I mean, I'm, I like it frequently when plans get canceled, but I had to learn that. I have a, my, one of my best friends – I remember the, like having anxiety about canceling plans and telling him I was canceling something that we had planned on for a month and mm -hmm. him being like, yeah, man, no worries. And being like, wait, you can do, that's an option to just be fine with stuff. <laughs> Holy shit. That's yeah, amazing. You just go, oh, okay. Yeah. Another day. Yeah. Okay. Michael, I have a question. Me, a single go. lady, Nicole, what should I do in order to get somebody to love me? Jesus, Scott. Um, okay, you're looking at me with a very serious face, so I thought the question had more of a humorous bent, but you, okay, can't see this at home, but Nicole is crying blood right now. Um, <laughs> um, what should you do to get someone to love you? I yeah. mean, I think you're eminently lovable, aren't you? Thank you. <laughs> well, that's what makes the question so hard. It would be like, like you're not like a mean troll. <laughs> You're Thank like a beautiful, you. nice, smart, funny person. So I don't know. I get here. I will say one thing that changed everything for me and my wife. And this is not how to get into a relationship, mm -hmm. but how to stay in it. And this may have literally, this may not resonate with you at all. But similar to what I was saying about my friend where he was like, you know, yeah, you can cancel plans. It's fine. I remember the first big fight I had with my wife. And I don't remember what it was about. And we weren't married yet. But I remember the fight being over and being like, oh, wow, well, I guess that's the end of this relationship. And her saying something like, you know, you don't have to break up after you have a fight, right? And I was like, wait, what? And that did like being like, oh, so like you're saying we like work 
through it. Like we like figure this out and come to an understanding and keep going with the understanding that this may even happen again. And she was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And honestly, if she hadn't said that, we wouldn't still be together. And there's no way like, I think about it all the time about like so many arguments that we've had, even though we've never fought, but imagine mm-hmm. that we did fight all the times that we would just be like, okay, well, we're gonna have to figure that out. Okay. That may not help you at all, Nicole. I don't I don't know. This is helpful. So I'm gonna start fights on all of my first dates with people. <laughs> and if they're like, we can work this out, let's just go on a second date, then I know that they're in love with me. Yeah. Now that I've said it out loud, it does sound ridiculous. <laughs> Let me also say that there's probably a lot of fights that you should break up over. A lot of fights where you're like, okay, well, yeah, this this should be the end of it. But that is something that allowed me to stay in a relationship that I absolutely should have stayed in that I wouldn't have done prior to my wife saying that. I would have been like, oh, we're done. We had a we had one big fight, and that's the number that's the number of fights that I allow every relationship. One big fight and we out. <laughs> Just uno. Okay, Michael, here's another question I ask people. Go. Would you date me? Absolutely. I mean, I can't. No. But absolutely. Okay. You understand? So if I met you 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, I think if we had met 20 some odd years ago, I think, I mean, you're, you're great. Oh, thank you. We, is that what, is that, do you ask that question of everyone and does everyone say the same thing? Doesn't 100% yes. of people say that you're amazing? Some people earlier were like, no, I would never date you. <laughs> um, and then I ha- I've had a couple fat friends be like, no, we'll just enable each other to just eat ourselves to death. <laughs> oh, well, Michael, we came to the end. Do you have anything you want to promote? Um, okay, yeah, so you, get, you know about a podcast, A Good Cry, mm-hmm. available wherever you get podcasts. And then also, April 28th to June 4th, I'm doing a one-man show off-Broadway produced by Audible at the Minetta Lane Theater called Sorry for Your Loss. It is a comedy show about grief. And I like I hate to say this, but it is fucking amazing. And I hope you'll come and see it. Hell yeah. When is it again? April 28th to June 4th. Sorry for Your Loss. Minetta Lane Theater. Ooh. Ooh, a nice little run. Ooh. Got to be got to be open just long enough to win a I don't even know what the awards are for off Broadway to win drama a drama desk. To win a drama desk. There you go. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. Let me also say that in season 1 of A Good Cry, we had the inimitable Nicole Byer. Me. I was on it. Got to listen. Uh, okay. Listen to that, and if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe, or su- I don't know, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Um, you can also write me something nasty to hit on me to Why Won't You Date Me Podcast at gmail.com. Mars reads these, so no dick pics, no titty pics, nah, no bodies, just words. <laughs> no this bodies. Is- <laughs> Hi, Nicole. I would drive you to Walmart, ew, and push you around in a shopping cart while we shop for our favorite Nabisco snacks. I would then pour a bag of mini Oreos all over your body and eat them off one by one. Then I would then put on a strap-on and have you ride it till you came. I would collect your coochie milk, ew, in a glass and we'd spend the rest of the evening, ew, dipping our Chips Ahoy cookies, the crunchy kind, not the chewy kind, and your sweet, sweet lady milk. Can you read this, this has podcast? taken such a turn. <laughs> oh my god! Ew. <laughs> All right, that's it. 
Bye bye. <laughs> That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by oh the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solo Taroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat! What a dream! <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.